it doesn't actually say record on it. It's just a red circle. It's just a red circle. I'm sorry, I like, like Rudolph! <laughs> With your record light so bright, <laughs> won't you guide the pod tonight? Rudolph the record button. <laughs> You want a cutesy Christmas anecdote? Okay. You know how I work in a primary school? You sure do. Which has children of ages young to 11. (laughs) I don't know how young the youngest children actually are, to be fair. We have nursery. I think three is the youngest. Mm. Wow. Yeah. For like nursery and shit. Sure. That's like your pre-K or whatever. Mm. Uh, And I have been asked to be Santa Claus for the youngest ones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to dress up like Santa and go to the classroom and give the children the presents and they're going to... Apparently they will have questions for me. I have been told that some children will scream in terror. <laughs> uh, and I, I just, I'm very excited. I've never been the Santa before. And it's going to be fun. You're going to make such a great Santa. I should practice. I need to practice my Santa voice. What's oh, your Santa oh, voice? Oh. But you know, a fucking old man. That was very good. You did it. You well, nailed it. I said I did a ho ho ho. Can I actually speak like that though? Hello there. Does this sound terrible and awkward, or does it sound like an old man? You sound great. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't sound like a creepy fuck. You're gonna be an incredible Santa, and the kids are gonna love you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Well, the students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to. Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted He said so we're Britain! But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a Love interest Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little, I don't know if you could hear it But I did a little like, a little shoulder shimmy Love interest. Mm. Ooh. (laughs) You know, that's what you do when you're sexy. You shimmy your shoulders. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's 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 what I think is sexy. It's just the wiggles. Just, 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 not the wiggles. Just wiggling. God God damn it. No. Why would Why would you say that? (laughs) I'm gonna cut all of this out. Um. (laughs) New Halloween costume this year. Sexy Wiggles. <laughs> no, that joke is so good. How can I cut this where I can keep that? You can't, Alex. Now you have to imply that you find the Wiggles sexy. No, that's fine, because that's just a... <laughs> I, that was just me misspeaking. How do I cut out, like, when I'm trying to be sexy, I wiggle? <laughs> You don't, I'm afraid. Oh no! It's okay. Do you want to do a podcast? Let's do a podcast! Hello! And welcome to Christmas Sorted! I'm Alex. I'm Christmas JD! (laughs) This is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter and also it's Christmas! Viewed through the lens of Christmas. Viewed through the lens of Christmas. (laughs) Uh, sure. Well, to be fair, though, as we all know, Harry Potter is a Christmas movie. It has Christmas in it. I, okay, actually, 
There are Christmas movies, and then there are movies that are set at Christmas or have Christmas in them. Yes. A Christmas movie is a movie that is about Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Yes. Whereas a movie that is at Christmas is Die Hard or Iron Man 3. Yes. And those are very fun and good to watch at Christmas. We watch Die Hard every Christmas because it's a fun time. Uh, But it's not a Christmas movie. This might... Some people might get mad at me here. But the Gremlins... Gremlins is a Christmas movie because it's about Christmas. I'll have to take your word for it. There is also a third category, though. Films mm-hmm. that do not necessarily have anything remotely to do with Christmas, but yet are inherently associated with Christmas anyway. Is that the category Harry Potter falls into? Yeah, and I know there is there are Christmas scenes in it, but like that's, those are small sections of it, really. Like, Yeah. So things like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is always shown on TV here around Christmas. Like... Interesting. People have just inextricably linked that film with Christmas. Things like BBC and ITV show a lot more films towards Christmas anyway. Like, not that necessarily have anything to do with Christmas. Like, just because, like, your kids are off school and people are working less. It's like they put more films on. Um, And, like, the Harry Potter films are generally shown all around Christmas as well. Like, at least the first few. Yeah. Like, they've just got this association with, like, their things to do with Christmas, even though they don't necessarily at all. I think Shrek is becoming that as well. Like, what? Kinda. Again, it's just a film that's shown a lot because, like, part of it is just like the popularity of it and stuff. It's just like yeah, I'm like I'm trying to think of a movie that like for me and my family falls into that category, and I I don't think we have one. It's kind of like pantomime in general. Like pantomime is considered a Christmas thing here, and you do it, but like the stories in pantomimes have nothing to do with Christmas. They're traditional stories. They're Jack and the Beanstalks, all sorts. But like they just are inherently a Christmas thing. So, like, I, I have, like, a Christmas movie that I watch with, like, each person of my family. Mm-hmm. Well, not really my mom. We, with my mom, we watch it all together, and we watch Elf. And my mom watches Elf with us, so that's, like, that one that we all watch. Um, my dad and me and my brother all watch A Christmas Story. Just me and my brother watch Polar Express. Yeah. We just watched a Christmas film today, Alex, you and me. Yeah. Every year, together, me and you, we watch Love Actually. Yeah. It's our Christmas movie. And now we're going to sort it. Yeah! Yeah. It's also the topic of our episode today. Yeah. We watched it this year for research purposes. (laughs) But also, like, we would have watched it. Yeah. (laughs) It is a Christmas tradition of trying to either sync up Love Actually or snuggling up and watching it together at depending on whether or not we're in the same place. The tradition part, the tradition part of it is uh, me crying at the end because it (laughs) happens every single time. Yeah. My heart. And that's me singing the song and you're just dead silent. It's like, hey, Alex, you okay? No, I'm crying. (laughs) You didn't say no. You said, yep. (laughs) Yep, that is actually what happened. (laughs) A very strangled yep. Yeah. Uh, through my tears. Um, but it's the airport, JD. I, I know, I know. We'll... The airport. I know. For anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> the airport is not staged. The scenes in the beginning and end of Love Actually with all the people at the airport meeting each other and loving uh, It's not staged. It's real. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> JD, my heart. Alex and I first met in person at the airport. My heart, I'm going to cry again. I have tears in my eyes. Our first meeting would have made one hell of an inclusion for Love Actually. 
I think I dropped my phone because I was running. <laughs> you definitely dropped your suitcase. Is that what I dropped? I dropped yeah. something because I like saw you and I I, think it was I was suitcase. running. Yeah, and, and I, I ran to you. Dropped something and yeah. it was a mess. <laughs> uh, and people were staring at us, but it was yeah. fine. This film has a lot to do with airports as well. There's a lot of airports in this movie. There's a lot of airports. Uh, and that is well. Welcome to welcome to Sorted. Today we're gonna sort just the airports and love oh, actually. Okay, I, I think said... it's mostly just the one airport. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not entirely sure. Like some of it might be Heathrow, some of it might be Gatwick. That's the thing. Gatwick's the only one I can remember hearing mentioned by name. But like, yeah, the it... Heathrow Airport is a Gryffindor. Um... Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like. Because of the nature of this movie, it's an ensemble movie, and, like, all the stories are, like, similar in size and scope, really. So, like, it's hard yes. for there to be many side characters for a lightning bolt round. We'll get to that. But we've got a lot of main characters to discuss, and we should probably do that. Yes. We yeah. just won't go into them as super in-depth as we would regularly. Yeah. So, so let's go. Let's sort some characters. Where are we starting? We've got Sam! Sam is the best boy. Yeah, he's very good. First and foremost, he's Thomas Brody Sangster. Yes, and he's tiny. That means he is like an eight-year-old character being played by like a thirteen-year-old. Because he's tiny. And like he's like he's like thirty now, and I'm not sure he's gone through puberty yet. He's thirty now. He's I thought he was my age. I mean, he's close to that. I don't know exactly. I think like close to thirty. He's like ninety-two or something. I don't know. He's ninety-two. <laughs> he's Benjamin Button. <laughs> Tell me about Sam. Sam is an adorable little boy, and in the movie, at the beginning, he's grieving his mother, and he's like his his main relationship in the movie is with his stepdad, who's now raising him alone. Like that's one of my favorite parts about this film is the fact that like while it's obviously mostly is mostly about romantic relationships, but that it's by far away not like the only thing going on here, which is amazing. Mm. I was like, this is one of the most important relationships between a father and a stepfather and stepson. Um, though, like Sam does also have a love interest because, like, while he's distant at first, turns out he's in love with a girl and he bonds with his stepdad by trying to win her over, essentially. And it's great and cute. It is very good. Yeah. What are your thoughts about Sam? I don't know. He's a good boy. <laughs> he's very good. Like, I think one of the best ways to come at the character is to look at, like, what he does. Because that, like, we can say, like, he's good, he's nice and whatever. But, like, what he does shows, like, what... I think it shows what sure. he values and what he prioritizes. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, yeah. He's, try he's trying to win over this girl. He he's he's very much a loner at the beginning, really, in a way. Like, and it's, like, he's thought to be grieving. But, yeah, he's just trying to... He's just mopey about a girl he likes. I'm not sure how... Like, we say he's a 13-year-old, but he's playing an 8-year-old or whatever. I'm not entirely clear on how old the kids are supposed to be. I think, like, 10. In which case, they'd still be primary school. But I swear some of those backing dancers looked like they were teenagers. Well, I mean, the staff was also on stage yeah, at that point. Like, who knows, man? Who knows with that school? They do, Well, they do mention that it's, like, all the schools coming together. So maybe it is primary and secondary schools working together. True. True, true, true. Who knows? I mean, the whole, like, production at the end of this is so far removed from anything remotely realistic. You were talking about how you work in a primary school. How does this hold up? Not even remotely. Like, <laughs> Sam wants to win the heart of Joanna, who coincidentally has the same name as his dead mother, which isn't remotely weird. He... Symbolism. 
Yeah. Decide he ends up seeing another character we'll talk about later on TV and decides he wants to become a musician to impress her because she's going to be singing <laughs> in their Christmas performance. Even weird musicians get girlfriends. One of the Beatles married a Bond girl or something was yeah whatever. Whatever. That's, whatever. That's his response to that. It's just like yeah. What? Whatever. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. What's important yeah. is that I'm going to learn to play an instrument. Yeah. To woo the girl of my dreams. This is like three or four weeks before the Christmas performance. And so he's got to learn it and then audition and do it. And he does. And he becomes a master drummer somehow. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Rhythm is his life. I guess. That's what it said on his door at one (laughs) point. Yeah. And then they perform All I Want for Christmas is You and it's amazing. And she points at him when she says, I want you. But then she also points at everyone else, which is weird as fuck. It is no. It's. I get what's going on. It would make on. sense being... that like they had originally staged it to be like you know pointed everyone in the audience like you and you and you and you and like aha cutesy. What's weird is that she stops in the middle of her performance at like the crucial like the like high note of the whole thing you know mm-hmm. uh, turns her back to the audience to single to like single out and point to the drummer. Was well, because um, she likes him. Yeah, absolutely. And for some reason, he's convinced that she wouldn't even know his name, which is weird. The point I want to get into there is, like, he dedicates himself wholly to, like, learning this skill to impress a girl. And I think that is, like, one of the key aspects to his character in the film. Yes. What are you leaning towards? I I think that leads towards Slytherin. I think he's very ambitious, and he, like, sets a goal in mind, and he strives towards it to achieve it. I, yeah. I, I get that. But Hufflepuff... (laughs) <laughs> make your case I think okay I think dedication is one of those things that we we had talked about this before dedication and determination being weird qualities and I think we did end up deciding off podcast that it was a Slytherin quality determination yeah but dedication and determination I feel like are very closely aligned with Hufflepuff as well as Slytherin hmm. uh, and I think that yes he was determined and set a high goal to like was ambitious to reach that goal but he was also working very very hard yeah <laughs> it's it's more about like his attitude towards the thing he wasn't doing it to be like ah yes i'm the best like even at the end he was like so sort of modest enough that he didn't think that she knew his name um <laughs> like he's a silly line though <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but you know what i mean like he's not doing it to be like, the best, or to be the most impressive. He's just doing it for the sake of one person. Hmm. I don't know, doing it for the sake of one person. Yeah. I could also see that being Slytherin, though, is the thing. Yeah. I can see both. Yeah, I get where you're coming from with Hufflepuff, I just think it, like, pushes slightly towards Slytherin. Okay, I'll take Slytherin, but... It's very close. Here's the thing. How often... I, I know it shouldn't be a deciding factor or anything, but how often is our favorite character in a thing a Slytherin? That's fair. He feels like the peak Slytherin. He's like everything a Slytherin could be and should be. That's fair. So, basically, if you're not as good at Sam as just being a person, then step up your <laughs> fucking game, Slytherins. I'll take Slytherin. Slytherin! Next up is Daniel, who is Sam's stepdad and is yeah. played by Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's knees, son. Liam Neeson's knees on his knees on knees on knees on. Liam Neeson is cancelled. <laughs> Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson's knees, son. <laughs> Stop having a fun, goofy meme about someone who sucks so bad. <laughs> Liam Neeson's knees on his knees on knees on knees on. Tell me about Daniel! 
Uh, he's Sam's stepdad. Yeah. His wife died. And he was a mope. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, he wasn't even that mopey. He just wanted he wanted to help Sam, which is great. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's his arc throughout the whole film. He just he wants to help Sam. And he yeah he bonds with his his son. One of my favorite scenes in the whole freaking film is so that throughout it, Sam calls Daniel Daniel because that's generally the case with step parents. You call them by their first name unless yeah. they came into your life very young. But in the fi- in like one of the final scenes, he calls him dad, and it's beautiful. It is very good. Yeah. He's his dad, and he helps him so much. He helps yeah. him. He's like, we're going to win you that girl. She's going to fall in love with you. We're going to watch Titanic to make you feel better. <laughs> and then I'm going to tickle you, and it's cute. Yeah. I think that if if Sam is a, is a Slytherin, then Daniel is definitely a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. His, his primary everything that he's doing is to help yeah. and to encourage and... Yeah to love yeah he, yeah. yeah yeah he's very hufflepuff it's the prime minister <laughs> the prime minister's in this movie yeah it's david david you know the oh frig like i feel like this time like david's probably just chosen as a name but like since this movie came out we had a prime minister called david and he sucked david oh. cameron Oh, right, that one. Yeah, right, yeah. Here's the thing, though. This David is a great Prime Minister. Uh, well, kind of. I mean, actually, to be fair, we, like, the movie is very deliberate about, like, not going into his actual politics at all. <laughs> we don't actually know what he... Like, we don't know his party. Prime we Minister. Don't, yeah. We know that, like... We know that he, like, stands up to the US president. But he wasn't going to at first. Yeah. Like, it's, a big deal is made of how he's single as a Prime Minister. <gasps> Scandal. But then he Ugh. pretty much immediately like uh, falls for his catering. She's the yeah. Catering. When he calls her catering manager, I think her job title is tea lady. It's given yeah. by the film, right? That's what, what she is. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We'll get to her later. She's next. She's next. We're we'll coming for you, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. president visits and ends up also flirting with Natalie, and... even though he's a. Married, married man. man. Yeah, well, what? Huh, what? What a crazy a, concept so, of a president who's garbage. A U.S. president who's garbage, and even though he's married, like a sexist turd. Yeah, he has this great, inspiring speech about the great things that Britain's done, including David Beckham's feet and Harry Potter and Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the most inspiring thing any British prime minister, fictional or otherwise, has done this century. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. And, like, it gets quoted all the time. People friggin' love it, and it's great. And then <laughs> he ends up, like, tr- like moving Natalie so that he can't see her anymore because he's un- unclear if he's just trying to get rid of her or if it's so he can then go and seduce her. And he ends up making out with her at the Christmas play, trying to be behind <laughs> the scenes, but he ends up front and center stage for everyone well, to yeah, see. Well, yeah, no, there's the thing is she... Okay, so the President of the United States, like, flirts with her or whatever, uh, makes a move on her. And then shortly after that, he has her move to a different department or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't have to see her anymore. And she sends him yeah. a Christmas card that says, like, I'm sorry about what happened. Like, I yeah. I really like you a lot, basically. Uh, I'm actually yours. Yes. Um, so, like, she thinks that she thinks that she's been moved because she did something wrong. And he was just moving her because, like, he was into her okay, and didn't yeah, want her yeah. super distracting him, I think. Uh-huh, that's uh-huh. that's my take on it. Anyway, no, yeah, that makes so, like, sense. 
he like goes he goes down the street he goes house to house looking <laughs> for her because he doesn't know where she lives and he's the goddamn prime minister and he's just the first person like he's just like oh yeah i'm trying to say merry christmas to everyone before new year's <laughs> and then and then he ends up caroling with his driver which is amazing it's, it's very good it's cute and then he finally finds her and like her whole family is there yeah and eight legs is a lot david you made me realize a thing that I hadn't realized before. Despite how many times I've seen this. Oh, did you not realize? Yeah, no, that's she. She thought that she had done something wrong. She was like, I, "Oh shit!" I just like... hadn't quite put it together. Like that's like why he like he then decides to go after her. It's like in my mind, it was just because she had said, "I'm actually yours," rather than like him realizing, "Oh, she like what he like he wants to like make her realize that like she hasn't done anything wrong and like everything's good." Like that hadn't yeah. clicked with me. Yeah. The reason I let myself go on that tangent for as long as I did was because I wanted to say that eight legs is a lot, David. <laughs> eight legs is a lot, David. <laughs> it cracks me up. Like, I, I'm really bad at remembering character names. Um, yeah. But, like, that's the only character name. Like, David and Natalie are the only character names that I can, like, really remember. Um, and I, it's because, like, he purposefully says her name out loud a lot. Yeah. and And then yeah. the line about, like, Eight legs is a lot, David. What's David's Hogwarts house, babe? Oh, he's a Gryffindor. You think? I can, I can see it. At the same time, he didn't want to stand up in general. He Even as Prime Minister, he wasn't particularly like pushed to stand up for his country until it became a personal matter. I guess. What would that put him, Slytherin? Yeah, possibly. And that as well. No, that doesn't quite add up. He doesn't seem super Im- like he's the prime minister. He's the yet, prime minister. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like he's in it for the power or whatever. You know. No, but if, if like you become prime minister because you want to make a difference, you want to make a change, and like I think I think we've had this discussion before about politicians like like sort of being inherently Slytherin. I think yeah. I think that's a house hot take. Is that like politics is like a Slytherin career field? Maybe it's not yeah. even a ho- hot take, whatever. But ho- house hot take, like politics. As a general field, is Slytherin. Yeah, that adds up. Yeah, and um, yeah. and like as well, he's then p- like pushed to action by a very personal matter that like matters to yeah. him. Yeah, it's not. It's barely even something that matters to Natalie at that point. Like in that way, <laughs> that's true. Like she was like into him, but she wasn't gonna do anything about it. Yeah, he's the like one getting all distracted. She wasn't expecting him to like damage political alliances for her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm pushing Slytherin. I I guess I can see it. <laughs> you're you're winning me over with these Slytherin takes. Yeah, I think it's nice. Let's talk about Natalie, who once again I'm gonna say is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> We're gonna go Slytherin Hufflepuff. We're gonna go back and forth. I think I think you you probably got a good case. Tell me about her. <laughs> More than what um, we've already said. Like so she's yeah we've already tea said lady. a lot. Yeah, she's the tea lady. Um. She seems like she's kind of nervous to be working for the prime minister. Uh, she has a foul mouth, <laughs> but she but she means well, and she's always really polite. Mm. I mean, well, polite, but also sometimes she says fuck. <laughs> she has the important character trait that she's really, really fat, right? Oh yeah, she's uh clinically I obese. I hate it so much. Yeah. They're constantly talking about like, oh yeah, my boyfriend dumped me because he said I was getting fat. And like, you look yeah. at her. And Thighs she's the like... size of tree trunks. She, like, and it's like, David's like secretary is just like, I think there's a pretty sizable ass there. It's like, like, no, 
look at her. Like, she's yeah. She's an actress. She's, she's what she's everyone not, looks like. She's not a stick thin model. She is slightly curvy. Yeah, like I guess she has hips. Yeah, she's slightly curvy oh. in a way that's like generally considered very attractive. But by yeah. Hollywood standards, that means she's fat, which is no. I think up. she's adorable. Yeah. Have I mentioned? <laughs> yes. That I think she's adorable. She likes to bring David chocolate biscuits, and she wanted him to win because the other guy didn't like chocolate biscuits. Yeah. He only liked boring biscuits without any chocolate. Yeah. That seems very Hufflepuff. She she likes food. It she does. Wants to give, she wants to give food. <laughs> yep. She's associated <laughs> with food, therefore she is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> um. uh. <laughs> I think it's more that she is, she just sort of is generally supportive and yeah. is, you know, yeah. like he shows up and she's like, oh, like, come to this thing with me. And he's like, oh, I can't. I'm the prime minister. Like, I don't want to make a scene. She's like, I'll find a way for it to work. Find. Um. <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Close family yeah, bonds. She's, she's close with her family. She lives with her family. And Yeah. We've gone Slytherin, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, Hufflepuff. Hey, Alex, sure who's have. next? <laughs> I feel like our pattern might not be breaking here. Yeah. Harry, that's Alan Rickman's character, yes? It's Alan Rickman, Harry... Alan Rickman's no, character, Harry. No, Alan Rickman plays Snape. Harry is Daniel Radcliffe. This is not a Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> this is not a Harry Potter podcast. No. But Snape is married to Trelawney. It's, yeah. <laughs> House hot take. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. What? I'm going to no. write some fan fiction. Uh, also, how is that a house hot take? <laughs> That's not what that means. <laughs> Harry is the owner of the manager of whatever of a He's like the president business. of I I I want to say they're like a fashion design company. Yeah, I kind of get that vibe and I'm not sure why. There's like a lot of like fabric swatches going around. There's okay. like a lot of that kind yeah. of stuff that feels it feels like it's like a fashion something. His story is about how so he's married to Emma Thompson and they have two children together and one of them is horrible, and his name is Bernard. My horrible son. Bernard? Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> Let the fact there's, we can talk about her horrible son when we get to her. <laughs> because even though Harry is technically these children's father, that's barely relevant to the plot. He interacts with them, like, twice. Yeah. His story... <laughs> so, yeah, he's married to Emma Thompson, and by all appearances, they seem to be happy. But then his secretary shamelessly flirts with him and tries to seduce him and it's weird and creepy and fucked up and sucks. It's bad. And then he buys her he buys her a Christmas present and he makes He buys like, her the ugliest golden <laughs> necklace. How this ugly is, the necklace is does not is, matter in the slightest. This is a hill I will die on. It is the worst piece of jewelry I've ever seen in my life. Alex, Alex, Alex. What? Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter in the slightest I know, how ugly I it is. I know, but I need the, the point world is, to know. He buys this necklace, like Emma Thompson finds it in his coat and thinks it's for her. And then he does get her a present in a similarly shaped box when he never normally gets her anything different to just a scar. And it turns out it's a CD of her favourite singer. And that break makes her break down and realise her thing that he's having an affair. Which he never actually like sleeps with her or anything, but he bought her this present. And, it, and I think it's implied that he doesn't. Yeah, the fact like so we see her stripping out of it, stripping out of her clothes into a sexy underwear just so we can get see her naked, whatever, and see that like she was trying to seduce him, 
Yeah. But I don't think he actually sleeps with her. And I think that's part of why at the end it looks like they're trying to work in the relationship is because he's able to say that he didn't actually sleep with her. I think so. That's why she's willing to try to give him a chance, even though it may not work out later. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So, what you're thinking for his house? I think he's a Slytherin. Yeah. He's ambitious. (laughs) He runs a company. He's ambitious. He wants to have an affair. He's... What are the other Slytherin traits apart from ambitious? Cunning? He's a a sneaky fuck. Yeah. 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 He's a Slytherin in a bad way. And I don't feel too bad saying that because we've already had two very positive portrayals of Slytherin. It's true. It's true. I mean, every house has good guys and bad guys. Yeah. Harry's a Slytherin and he sucks. His wife is Karen, who is Emma Thompson. And she is so good. Yeah. She deserves so much better. (laughs) So she's obviously connected to Harry's story, like, generally, and, like, it's their story. And then also she's got, like, a stronger relationship with her children and, like, helps get them ready for their play. And her brother is David, the Prime Minister, but they don't interact that much apart from, like, they have a scene at the end, which is nice, when she's feeling low and just gets... Calls him on the phone at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, like, shows up and she's just, like, so thankful to have someone that she can... And she's also friends with Daniel and tries to comfort him a few times throughout the the story. Yeah. Um, She's just, like, very good and is constantly trying to help everyone. Those tie the stories together. They're not, like, major parts of the plot themselves. But, like, it shows yeah, she's yeah. got, like... You know, it's... Like, she has a strong sibling. She has a sibling that she loves. She has a friend. She's got two kids. Uh, her horrible son. Bernard? Bernard. And then... Uh, what's her daughter's name? Her daughter's a lobster. <laughs> her, her daughter is first lobster? First lobster. Because there was more than one lobster present at the birth of Jesus. Naturally. Duh. Um... Obviously. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to look on, like, the cast list, but, like, I'm looking for, like, I was imagining that, like, the daughter would be placed near Bernard, but Bernard <laughs> is not on Wikipedia's cast list, so <laughs> the kids aren't important enough to be on Wikipedia. I'd have to go to IMDb for that. I don't know if we ever hear her name. I think, I feel like she probably has a name. Maisie? Mm-hmm. Daisy? Maisie? Oh, no, I think the friend is Daisy, or Maisie. Her daughter's name is Daisy. Daisy? Yeah, Daisy's little friend. Yeah. Her her daughter is a lobster, and I guess her name First is Daisy. Lobster. First yeah. lobster. Karen is a I I think she's a stay at home mother. It's not made explicitly clear, but she's doing a lot of stuff at home. She's she's just kind of she bounces around kind of everywhere. It it yeah it does seem like she doesn't have a job. She's sort of bouncing around to different places, and but she, she has a lot of people that she cares about. Yeah, and she seems like she is very eager to help everyone in her life. Yeah. I'm going to say Hufflepuff. She works hard on helping other people. She's another Hufflepuff, babe. We keep... <laughs> there are no Gryffindors or Ravenclaws Slytherin, in this entire movie. Hufflepuff. Slytherin, Hufflepuff. Slytherin, Hufflepuff. Karen's a Hufflepuff. So let's talk about Jamie. Jamie! <laughs> <laughs> Jamie is Colin Firth. Yeah. Who is Jamie, babe? Jamie uh, is an author. He's a writer. Yeah. He's yeah. like married. Not, is I he, think he's. Is he actually, or is he just like doing that, kind of doing that for fun and like trying to make it a thing? I don't know. I think it he was sort of I, implied that he was maybe. an author. I'm not. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. He's he's writing in the. Film. Yeah, he's writing a book. He's writing a crime novel. Um, Krim. Krim. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say too. He's like he's writing a crime novel. Um, he his wife fucks his brother. Is his wife or his girlfriend? I'm not sure if that's known. It's yeah, I guess it's not clear. His significant other, his partner. yeah, yeah, um, fucks his brother. 
She she specifically skips out and going to their friend's wedding, claiming to be ill, so she can stay home and fuck his brother. Which is pretty messed up. That is messed up. And so he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go hang out in France for a while. And so he goes to France, like a little cabin thing on a lake, to do some writing. And he gets a housekeeper. Yeah. A housekeeper is Aurelia, who doesn't speak English. She speaks Portuguese. Yeah. Because she's Portuguese. And, uh... He drives her home every day. Yeah. It's sort of awkward at first, trying to, like, navigate around each other, but then they grow closer, like, wh- particularly when she helps him fish pages of his novel out of the lake when it, they Yes! Fly when we were watching it, I was geeking out, because it's literally in that scene prior to that, like, because, like, you, you can hear, like, what they're saying, but they can't understand each other. Yeah, we get subtitles. She's got subtitles, so, like, we know what she's saying, but they don't know what each other's saying, and they don't... They're, the things that they're saying to each other don't match well, up they, they almost, at all. They, like, they like, bounce off each other and they're, like, they're saying the opposite sort of things. Yeah, they're contradicting yeah. each other. She's, she's saying he's getting fat and he's saying, that no, I don't get fat. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in, in that, that continues to the scene uh, in which his, his papers get blown into the, the lake um, up until they're both in the water and then they both are just kind of like laughing and they're like, this is so stupid. Yeah. And at that point, it, they're, they start saying the same things and they're on the same page and yeah. they still can't understand each other, but they- He says, like, there better not be eels in here. I can't stand eels. And she says, watch out for the eels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes from like contradicting to like being on the same page. And then from that point on, they- they sort of do that where like they they match each other yeah. and it's really good and then it's then then they go home for christmas naturally and he drives her back yes and she kisses on on the cheek before they leave and then we see him trying to learn portuguese and then yeah. then he goes to his, goes to see family for christmas but the moment he gets there realizes that's not where he wants to be so he drops off the presents and leaves and his family decide they hate him because now we now now <laughs> we get presents but we can't socialize with the relative we don't know very well shut up kids that's the dream seriously <laughs> anyway so then he immediately goes to the airport and flies to portugal which is insane to go find and her. not how that works but okay. Because <laughs> he has to go find her. And also, he we, he knows her address somehow. Don't question it. it yeah, whatever. And then he, he confesses his love and proposes to her on the spot. Poses. In Portuguese. Um. And she answers him. And then she answers. In English. In English. And it kills me. Because she learned English It's so him. good. Justice. Just in cases. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. It's not my favorite like story in the movie, but that is my favorite scene where it turns out that they were both like learning each other's language, like because they loved each other. Like it's just my heart, JD. My heart. What house? What house is Jamie? <sighs> I think Jamie might be a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Yeah. Convince me. I think he's a. I think he's a hard worker. I think he's I think he's a hard worker. I don't think he's particularly ambitious. Like he's writing yeah, a novel, yeah. but the whole time he's like yeah. it's garbage. Like it's it's nothing important. Don't worry about it. Um he's just kind of doing what he's doing, mm-hmm. you know? I'm thinking Ravenclaw or Gryffindor. I think Okay. So That is that was a very brave move. Right? And just Yeah. I will give yeah. you that. And I can see Ravenclaw. I think as well. so. I, th- I think at the start of the film, like he's kind of he's kind of a pushover at the start of the film. Just takes 
whatever. I think I think that's what I'm thinking I, of when I say Hufflepuff. I, I think his bravery comes out throughout the film, though, and like he gets bolder in his relationship with Aurelia, especially at the end. Yeah. But oh, and that again, that starts in the scene where he jumps in the lake after her. Very true. But then the argument for Ravenclaw is that he, like he's clearly an intellectual person. Like he enjoys writing for yes. fun or for his work or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And he goes like he he at least like partially speaks other languages and like dedicates himself to learning another language for for the person he's fallen for. That and yeah, that is like a sort of a, a smart like like that that's a brain kind of yeah, thing to do. Like, I was thinking more about that as like more of a dedication. Right, but I think that's just I think that is a Ravenclaw kind of thing. I think that's a Ravenclaw way of showing dedication, a Ravenclaw way of working hard. That, no, yeah, that's that's fair. I I can I I can totally like, see Ravenclaw. I've got the argument. I kind of like Gryffindor better though. You do? See, like I've got the argument there for Gryffindor, but I I kind of prefer the Ravenclaw take. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like the I kind of like Gryffindor cuz I think that is his like defining moment hmm. um in his story. I think that's like when he is like truly himself. If that makes sense, hmm. like in that moment where he drops everything, because he's like, "No, this this is what's important," and he goes and does the thing that he thinks is important, and it's to go confess his love. Um, sure, and then, yeah. You got the mo- the moment where he goes in the lake. I remember him saying, "Like, sh- like he does it because she's gonna think he's an idiot if he doesn't." <laughs> okay, that's fair. I think I'm still in cl- leaning towards Ravenclaw, but I can see it both ways. You've given me a bunch of Slytherins. I'll give you this Gryffindor because, like, okay. I'm like halfway there as cool. it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I can't, I can see both, sure. and that's the thing is a lot of a lot of people and characters can do. Hermione could have been a Ravenclaw. Um, okay, okay, okay. If we're gonna put Jamie down as Gryffindor, then maybe we can go with Aurelia for Ravenclaw. That no, that's valid because she. Yeah. Like so, obviously, so we've got. I don't we don't actually know a whole lot about her. But like, so Aurelia is obviously part. Part of Jamie's story, Jamie gets like a lot more screen time in it than her because he, you know, he's Colin Firth. He's the act. He's the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, so Aurelia does a lot of similar things to Jamie, but like, I guess doesn't take some of those same moves. So like, she dives into the lake first. She dives into like, yeah, yeah. But I think it's because she is like, oh no, these important papers. I could see that being more of a Ravenclaw move on her part. In some ways, yeah. Because she doesn't, she doesn't necessarily know what is on the paper. So she's just trying to salvage the information. Yeah, she's just like, this better be good or something. Or like, and like, what kind of idiot doesn't make copies? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she seems smart. At the end, we learn that she has also been learning English for him, just in cases. But she didn't. She didn't go take the chance no. of flying to a different country. To be to fair, I don't think she would have known his address in the same way. Probably. That's fair. That's fair. But also, yeah, she's not the one who like who took that leap in that way. Yeah. So, let's give her Ravenclaw. I could definitely see Ravenclaw. Cool. Yeah, yeah. There you go. We've got some Gryffindor and some Ravenclaw in this film now. <laughs> Good. Next, we've got. I mean, he's either John or he's Jack, depending on who you ask. <laughs> so, Martin Freeman. There's a lot of speculation about what his job is. So, Martin Freeman's character is Jack at work, John to his friends, because he's either. A porn star in a the highest budget porn you've ever seen. Like not even a porn. He wouldn't even be a porn star, sorry, because he's a stand-in. He's a stand-in. He, so he's either a stand-in on a porn movie with the highest budget you've ever seen. Yeah, he's either stand-in for a porn star. Or yeah, he's a stand-in for for regular movies 
which are the filthiest, smuttiest films you've ever seen that aren't actually porn. Yeah. I I first saw this film um, at a church (laughs) youth group. (laughs) Um, It was the first time I'd even been to the youth group, and I went there because I wanted to see this film with friends. It's one, I, sure. like this film plays a part in me becoming Christian because I did I became Christian through that youth group. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, and then I turn up there. And it's like you know, it's only teenagers seeing this of legal yeah. of, the, of a legal age to see it. Yeah. But still, I'm sat there in church, and oh, that those are her boobs. Those are just those are <laughs> Joanna Page's nope. boobs, I guess. There they are. Yeah. We don't see any genitals, but we do see plenty of boob. There's a lot of boob in this movie. Anyway. It's fine. They're stand-ins who seem to be there for, like, lighting purposes and staging purposes. Um, yeah. And, like, during their scenes, they just have the most casual conversations while doing these absurd sex scenes. In theory, you'd imagine they're incredibly comfortable with each other because they constantly see each other naked. But no, they're incredibly yeah. awkward and cutesy and blushy. <laughs> they're just, like... They're so awkward. It's a, they end up uh, going out for drinks, and he like is trying to kiss her, but he's really awkward about it. So she kisses him, and it's very cute. Yeah, that's that kind of summarizes Jack and Judy to me. Judy is love interest. I want to say they're both Hufflepuff. I'm just gonna put everyone <laughs> in Hufflepuff. Love. Um, hot house hot take. Love is Hufflepuff. You can only experience love if you are Hufflepuff. No, uh, <laughs> actually, no. Actually, I take this back. I do think they're in the same house. Yeah. Um. I think they're I think they're very very similar in the way that they are put together. I don't think there's enough character development there. Yeah, they're they're a, they're a fairly minor story. Dis- distinguish them. Um, I'm gonna say Gryffindor. Yeah, I get that. I, I take it back. I'm gonna say Gryffindor. Pretty brave they, to. Uh... You you gotta be pretty brave to begin that line of work. Yeah. Um, and then to also continue to see people in that line of work outside of yeah. work. Personally, if I were in that kind of situation where it's like, oh, I'm working with people and for whatever reason I've been put into a compromising position, I would like never, ever want to see them outside of work. Mm. Alex. (laughs) So that's brave. Alex. Yeah. Do you feel it? What? I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my fingers. (laughs) I feel it in my toes. Love is all around me. Fuck shit, bugger. Fucking wank shit. Fuck. Yeah. Billy Mac. Billy Mac. I have that song uh, on my Christmas playlist. Of course. Because it's, it's a it's good amazing. time. It is good. And um, Billy Mac as played by Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Another Harry Potter actor, because as we all know, if you're English, you're, you're in Harry Potter. That's yeah, if you're, if Every... you're English, if you're English, you're either in Harry Potter or Love Actually, or both. Those are the options. Uh, Doctor Who as well. Oh, right. You're right. You're right. Or Doctor Who. If you're not in any of those, you're not really an actor in England. People like talk about like, how small Hogwarts is and how few pupils there are and stuff. But here's the thing. J.K. Rowling actually embellished those numbers. There aren't actually that many people in England. So most people in England have actually been multiple Harry Potter background characters. <laughs> Your country's tiny. Yes. Billy Mac is a Slytherin. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Tell me about him. Who is he? He's a... Yeah, so Billy Mac is kind of a sleazy magician. Magician? <laughs> musician. B- Billy Mac's story is interesting in that, like, it, like, he doesn't actually know most of the other characters in it, but, like, other characters, like, see his story around and stuff. Yeah, he's... he is present in, like, everyone else's lives. Yeah. Uh, because he's always on TV. He's just released a Christmas single yeah, that's just a rehash of a song that he's already written, but it's Christmas and like worse. In... 
80s, 90s, 70s maybe pop star or rock star who is like looking uh-huh. for a desperate comeback so makes a Christmas song yeah. and chases it to number one. So his song is about Christmas and love and whatever, but like throughout most of it, you don't really see him experiencing that himself. But then that's because yeah. at the end, like he realizes that the person who's most important to him is his manager, who's always there for him and sticks by him. And it's a really nice friendship and it's really sweet. And it like It is really nice. And it brings down a lot of toxic masculinity because you can see that like they've been they've lived their lives in an environment of toxic masculinity. And like this concept that like the most yeah. important to you person to you is someone of the same sex who is just a friend. Like is Yeah, and it's not like a romantic them. interest or yeah. anything. Yeah. Both of them are just kinda like Oh shit! Yeah, no, we're like best friends. Yeah, uh, and it's, and it's I love great. you too, and yeah. it's crazy, and they yeah, it's very good. So as far as him being Slytherin, make your case. Uh, super ambitious. His whole goal in the whole like the entire movie long is to get to number one. Yeah, that's that's his story arc in throughout, this movie. Throughout most of the film, the, he has no one he considers important to him apart from himself, and then yeah. by the end, he's got one other person that he's willing to let into that circle. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Who's that one other person? Oh, Joe. <laughs> Joe. Manager. Joe is the manager, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's he's Billy's manager, and he, like tries to help him promote his single, and is exasperated whenever Billy commits like social suicide. Yeah, all of his shenanigans. Yeah. Joe's also ambitious, but more so than that, he's loyal. Yeah, I was gonna say this is another uh, Slytherin Hufflepuff. Yeah, combo. he's loyal. He cares. He, he's yeah, he's Hufflepuff. It's Mark. Mark. Mark is the the the, be- the the best man from the wedding. Oh yeah, the guy. Mark is like one of the most f- iconic scenes from this film is the placard scene that Mark does at the end with Kiera Knightley. I think he was in. Yeah. Uh, He's the guy from The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he like so he's he's the be- best man at the wedding at the start of the film, and he's put this elaborate thing together, uh, apparently just to be nice for his best friend. And his best friend and his new said best friend's new wife have always thought that he didn't really like the wife. Turns out he was secretly in love with her and obsessively so, and it's creepy as yeah. fuck. And he just filmed her at and the whole wedding. Yeah. So instead, he was just kind of mean to her because he didn't want to get close to her because he didn't yeah. want to get hurt or whatever. And it's like, but um, okay, what if you just talk to your friend about this, like yeah. a person? <sighs> no, instead he's just kind of an asshole the whole yeah. time. And like. Try, then tries to act like he can get away with never talking to his best friend's wife again. She like asks him for which a we- like no, buddy. She asks him for his wedding footage and he refuses. And then like just is really awkward about it and doesn't just cut her a nice version where she can see herself in her wedding dress. Yeah, which he totally could have done easily, easy peasy. Yeah, but he instead could have super easily cut together a non creepy yeah stalker version. Anyway, and the, like the placard scene that everyone loves and is like iconic and cutesy is garbage and he's garbage and that's our hot take for this episode uh that scene sucks what's his house i don't know ravenclaw why he's not clever. he works in an art an art gallery <laughs> he does have that line like um actually they're not funny they're art yeah art can't be um, funny it's he illegal. seems like he's like pretentious he's trying to take yeah, he's, well, he's definitely pretentious. It seems like he's trying to take the sort of intellectual approach to this whole thing. Mm. Like, he's not he's not listening to his heart. Like, his heart's like, well, I don't know, maybe he is. But his heart's like, oh, you're in love with this girl. And his response is like, okay, so I will ignore her and my problem will go away. Um, 
I am happy. Like, I'm going to use my brain and I'm not going to listen to these feelings. I'm just going to pretend that that's not happening. I'm happy to roll with your interpretation here, partly because, you know, it's solid and valid, but also because I hate him enough that I don't want to think about him anymore. Fair enough. All right, cool. We'll say Ravenclaw. Yeah. Juliet is the best friend's wife, the woman he's interested in. And so, by the way, for what it's worth, her husband is black and he is the least important person in that story. What does that say? Yeah. Woo! Anyway, Kiera Knightley is... Kiera Knightley! Yeah, so she's the one he's in love with, and she she just wants to see herself in her wedding dress. And she, <laughs> she yeah, tries... Yeah, she just got married. She loves she the guy. She tries so uh... hard to be friends with Mark. And even when he confesses yeah. his weird situation with her, she still, like, tries to be friendly and supportive and whatever. Yeah. And is She waste... brings him pie and is like, please, I just want wedding yeah. video, please. Yeah. And he's nothing but a jerk to her. Yeah. Uh, but she still tries to be nice to him. I'm going to say Hufflepuff. Sure. She's lovely. Yeah. She's good. Too lovely, in fact. Too nice. Too nice. Her husband is Peter, and that's about all there is to say about him. He's a Gryffindor, then. All right. How about... <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just so he's, he's her husband, and they just seem to have a nice relationship. His best friend is Mark. Yeah. Gryffindor. Sure. Why not? Yeah. I don't know. We literally don't know anything about him. Not really. He doesn't care about Christmas carolers. We only... <laughs> All right. Uh, next up. Sarah. Sarah. Sarah, who is here, and is Laura Linney and is American, I guess. And it's, sure. it's kind of weird that she's American because, like, so her brother is, like, severely mentally ill and she, like, is a p- big part of her story but doesn't have a character himself, really. It's weird that she's in England with her severely mentally ill brother because they've clearly come over from America as adults, but whatever. One of, I think my theory is that one of their parents were English and they have dual citizenship and she got a job over there and that's why they moved. It's just weird. She works for Alan Rickman. So she's got she's got a few aspects to her story as well, like besides her brother, which is an important relationship for her at least, even if it's not like multiple characters in relationship. Like she prioritizes taking care of her brother. She worked for Alan Rickman. Yes. And in her first scene, Alan Rickman calls her into her office and like asks how long he's worked for the company, and she says how long, and he then asks how long she's been in love with Carl, and it's like two hours less than how long she's been there. <laughs> yeah. Carl. Which, being... to be fair, look at Carl. <laughs> This is, like, the first time you've ever been, like, this is a visually attractive person who is male. I'm pretty sure I say this every time we watch this movie. He's just a very pretty person. She's in love with Carl. Carl ends up, like, trying to start something with her. They go to her house, attempt to have sex, but then they're distracted by phone calls from her brother. I mean, it's not like she's saying they can't do stuff, but, like, she just, like, prioritizes. Her brother will always be her top priority. Her brother is more important to her than than having sex with this guy. Yeah, and like, there's no chance of a non-sexual relationship, I guess. I, I don't quite know. We don't see much of Carl. Yeah. He pretty much only exists for Sarah's story. Yeah, I think the case is that she... Like, because she's been in love with him for ages, yeah. but she's never made a move or anything. And I think mm-hmm. it's because she wants to make sure that she'll still be there for her brother. Yeah. And so that she's not, she's not pursuing a relationship. Yeah. And I think that's what he gets out of it too. Also having the like possible attraction from afar is safe. Yeah. 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 So what's Sarah's house? I think she's a Hufflepuff. Dedication to family and working mm-hmm. hard on that. Yeah. Yeah. And Carl, we've said all there is to say about Carl as well by talking about Sarah. Uh, Gryffindor? Sure. Why is Gryffindor the house we're just dumping people into if we don't have a take for them? 
That's weird. Because I don't, I don't know, Gryffindors don't have personalities. <laughs> oh, there's a house hot take. <laughs> wow. Okay, but like, so whenever we talk about Gryffindor, we, the only the only thing we could come up with for like personality traits is bravery. Uh, All stubborn. the Gryffindor things are like stubborn. What? Stubbornness is very Gryffindor. Okay. Uh, Your Gryffindors are brave and chivalrous and bold. Yeah, and... you might belong in Gryffindor. Dwell the brave at heart. Their daring, nerve, and chivalry set Gryffindors apart. And most of those are all just subcategories of being brave. <laughs> They're heroes, but the thing about love actually is it yeah. doesn't really need heroes because no one's trying to take over the world. Yeah, so it's kind of hard. So like, when in doubt, I'm just kind of like, are they a person who would probably do the right thing? If put in a situation where they had to, I don't know... Fight a goblin? Yeah. Would they? Probably. Sure. Carl's a Gryffindor. <laughs> hey, hey, you know who's not a fucking Gryffindor? Colin? Colin, as played by Chris Marshall. See, here's the thing. Like, going into this film, as an English person in 2003, you know Colin exclusively from a sitcom called My Family. And he was just fucking hilarious and a complete and utter fucking moron. <laughs> so like seeing him play someone who is like able to like put two thoughts together is is weird even though his logic is women in england are stuck up i'm going to america and all of the babes will love me yeah but here's the thing babe is he wrong no no his plan works <laughs> like his his whole story is kind of like a parody and like goofy side yeah yeah um i've got to say i agree with his logic <laughs> like American girls are better. And here's the thing, a lot of people in this fi film have the same thought. Sam also <laughs> decided that American girls were better. Mm. Sam this and Colin a, are on the same page. a dicey opinion you've got here. You're going to make a lot of people mad. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm being a fucking romantic douche. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I like one particular American girl. Yeah. It's that one. I like one. one particular English dude. It's this one. It's that one. <laughs> Colin's a Slytherin? Carl's a Slytherin. He's got ambitions for sex and he does it. Yup. His backpack is chock-a-block full of condoms. <laughs> That's another one of those lines that like I can just hear in my head. Chock-a-block full of condoms. <laughs> Something about the way he says it. Chock-a-block. <laughs> uh, who is next? We've His got friend, Tony. Tony? Who is Colin's friend and the director of the porn movie, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> something like, he like or the camera yeah, guy or he, the light i don't yeah, know someone involved with that like he so he ties some stories together but he's not like doesn't really have a story himself apart from like his friendships mm. we were talking about this how we're gonna write a sequel yeah uh where all of the side characters who don't have uh stories of their own are all gay and yeah it's called gay love actually <laughs> yeah and they all have gay subplots that got cut yeah but they're good ones, not like the one that actually got cut. Yeah, which was uh, Bury Your Gays. Yeah. Um, Tony. Yeah, so Tony is gay and he's a Ravenclaw. I was thinking Ravenclaw. Yeah. Like he's he's got a brain in him and he wants to make the lighting work on the boobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that boob lighting. Yeah. House hot take. Ravenclaws are the best at boob lighting. <laughs> We've had like 20 house hot takes in this episode. This has been our house hot take uh, heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's next? Mia. Mia is um, Harry's secretary. Or his sex-retary. 
Oh my god. Ha <laughs> She tries to seduce him. She's the worst. Most Every time she's on screen, I'm just like, ma'am, ma'am. And like, here's the thing. We're not given much ma'am? insight into her. She's also friends with Mark and gets the Christmas party at his art gallery. Yeah. But like, we're never really given much insight into her character. We don't get much of a reason why she specifically wants to seduce Harry. If she just like wants to ruin his life. If she just desperately wants to fuck Alan Rickman. Even though he's old know. enough to be her literal father. Yeah. It's unclear. And it's... I don't know, but she is ambitious. Give you that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably... Like, the, the character's very problematically written. Yeah. As much as we enjoy this film, it is incredibly problematic. Like I say. Oh, yeah. It's got it's got issues. There are two black characters and they're both just minor side characters. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a handful of other things that are just not... Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Don't hold up since 2003. Mm, I'm not sure that... I'm not sure some of these things held up in 2003. <laughs> That's valid. Uh, yeah, Mia's a Slytherin. She just wants to do stuff. Stuff being sex. Also, a Slytherin is the president of the United States of America. Valid. Yeah. He's played by Billy Bob he Thornton. Up. He shows up. He's a jerk. He's a married... We're told he's married. His wife couldn't make the visit, but he's still trying to hit on Natalie. He's a Slytherin douchebag. Mikey. You made a joke about Mikey. He's got oh, a microphone. Oh, he's the guy. He's the mic with the microphone. He's the radio guy. Yeah. Who is, again... <laughs> I wasn't sure if you put him on the list. Yeah. I thought there was another Mikey. Who interviews Billy Mac and, in a really awkward but fun interview. He just wants... Yeah. He, he just wants to have a nice chilled out interview for Radio Watford. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not what he gets, but no. it's fine. Yeah. And like he just he's just trying to do the his, his best job. I think he's a Hufflepuff. He's just trying to work hard and do the best he can. Sure. Yeah. I'll take Hufflepuff. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Ant and Deck? Ant and Deck <laughs> Who are two characters <laughs> in this film. They're listed together because of course they are. <laughs> For any Americans yeah. who are not aware, Ant and Deck are some of like the best known British TV personalities over here. As presented in this film, they're a little bit different than all because like they're very professional TV as TV hosts. Like, they can cope with just about any situation and make jokes out of it, but they act incredibly awkward in this to play up Billy Mac being weird and awkward. Yeah. But they're professionals. They work hard. They can be Hufflepuff. No, they can be Gryffindor. Gryffindor. They go on live TV all the time. They're Gryffindors. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's talk about Joanna. Joanna! We started this so with precious. Sam, and now we're we're at the bottom, and we've got yeah. Joanna. We're almost at the end, and we've got Joanna, who is Sam's love interest, who shows up at the end, who sings All I Wait For Christmas Is You, and is out of this world. She's incredible. She was 11 at the time. Let's put Joanna in Gryffindor, because she she's brave and sings. Yeah, I think Joanna's a Gryffindor. Yeah, cool. Alex, are you ready? Cool. Yeah, we've gotten... All of those characters out of the well, way, which finally, yeah. finally, the, all means the main it's characters. Time. It's time for the lightning bolt round. <laughs> all right, who's first up in our lightning bolt round? Up, this time? up first, we've got Rufus. Rufus, who is oh, that's Rowan Atkinson, appears twice in the film. Uh, the first time in a department store situation where he's like preparing jewelry. Do you want it gift wrapped? You asked it to be gift wrapped. This is so much more than a bag. Um, and then he also shows up at the end where he, he like distracts the um, airport security, which gives Sam the chance to run in. Apparently, deleted scenes. He was like 
would, would have like more confirmed this idea that he's supposed to be like a guardian angel. Yeah, he's like, he's like pushing people to make the right decisions. Yeah. So he, like things. he helps Sam to go like to say goodbye to Joanna, and he's trying to like stall Harry long enough that his wife will come along and see what's yeah, going on. Yeah, he's trying to dissuade him from making a mistake. Yeah, so that he'll remain loyal. Yeah, it's great, and I want a version of the gift wrapping scene without the music for ASMR because it <laughs> <laughs> it hits on those notes. Anyway, what's Rufus's house, Alex? Rufus is a Gryffindor. Yeah. And that's the end of the lightning bolt round. Cool. Awesome. We did it. Laughs at our own joke. <laughs> We're so funny. We're so funny. We're incredibly clever and witty. We're the funniest people. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was uh, hopefully not the longest episode ever, but <laughs> we'll is see. Is it that how big that an issue out. if it is? I don't know. It's fine. No. Nothing wrong with that is our Christmas special. Yeah, something's got to be the longest episode. And why not it be Christmas? It's Christmas. I um, don't so want our... a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath, underneath the, the Christmas, Christmas tree. tree. I, just I just want you for my own. More than you could ever know. Make my, my wish come, come true. true. All I want for Christmas is sorted. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah and Happy Holidays. Yeah. And yeah. Merry whatever you do. Season's greetings. Stay warm. Thank you for listening to Sorted. Thanks to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. Check out other Pocket Podcast Network shows such as... Avocado Toast, Home Viewing, Them's the Facts, Ghoul Tank... Go listen to the other super cool shows. Thank you to Matt Majakma for the use of our theme song, the House of Awesome theme song by the Wombing Willows. Uh, let us know if you agree or disagree with our sortings of Love Actually uh, <laughs> or any of our other nonsense that we have spewed into existence. You can follow us on Twitter at SortedPod and tweet at us a whole bunch, should you so wish. You can also find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. Uh, and while you're there, send us... You should tweet at us your favourite Christmas figure. Like, Santa, he's a Christmas. <laughs> you have, Elf. like, your favourite Christmas figure? Yeah. Your favourite El- Christmas, Christmas entity. Snowman. Reindeer. Tangentially. Baby Jesus. <laughs> the concept of cold. You know, whatever. <laughs> send it to us. We'll sort it. Bye. Bye. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house, it's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.